I wanna hear someone call out my name and wipe away all the hurt. Okay, Jazz. Greetings and welcome to the OK Jazz podcast here on KOL Radio, episode number 131, Monday, September 20th, 2021. My name is James Catchpole, Mr. OK Jazz, coming to you as always from the rough, gritty, and today at least very sunny and bright streets of North Yokohama right here in eastern Japan. I'm a freelance music writer and broadcaster, and this podcast is pretty much whatever's been on my playlists recently. No borders or genres, just a whole lot of good tunes. Well, wasn't that a great one we started off the show with today? That was Joan Armour Trading, the great singer-songwriter. It was a title track from her 2003 album, Lovers Speak. You know, I'm not generally the biggest fan of the so-called singer-songwriter genre, but I think recently, going back to listen to a few different people, it's opened up a little bit more to me. Certainly a song like that one, Lovers Speak, would have made no sense to me in my 20s, but now that I'm in my late 40s, it's quite clear. Well, Joan Armatrading is, of course, a remarkable musician. Not only a singer-songwriter, on this album she plays all the instruments and produced the record as well. Joan is interesting for a lot of reasons, uh, not only as the first Afro-Caribbean British female artist to really make a big impact on the charts there and in the US, she's always been a fiercely independent artist, refused to make any compromises to what the industry expected of a black woman singer in the 1970s when she started out. But she kept going on her own path and over the years made records diving into rock, jazz and blues, even electro-pop and presenting her at times very deeply personal lyrics, often making slight allusions to her sexuality, but not explicitly so. She only came out, so to speak, as a lesbian, after announcing her marriage to her longtime partner in 2015. But as an icon of Caribbean migrants uh, making their way in an often very hostile environment in Britain, and as a woman in a horribly sexist music world, and, perhaps reluctantly, but nonetheless a notable icon of LGBT musicians, Joan Armour Trading really is amazing, and I'm enjoying going back through her old catalog bit by bit. Well, so what's happening? Uh, it's been a good weekend for me here in Japan, a three-day weekend, which is why I'm with you on a Monday. Uh, on Saturday, for the first time in six months, I spent the afternoon in a jazz cafe. I went down to my beloved Downbeat in the Nogue neighborhood of Yokohama. It was so great to be in a jazz joint again. It was especially fun as I was being interviewed for a radio program. It's going to be on German radio early next year. They're doing a, a sort of a deep dive into music bar culture in Japan, and they wanted to chat a bit about the jazz kisaten history and what makes them unique. Well, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that I don't need to be asked twice to uh, ramble on about Jazz Kisatan, so I think I talked to them for more than a full hour. Don't envy them having to edit that down in that conversation. Um, after Downbeat, I walked down to the Isezakicho Hinodicho neighborhood to stop by a very small joint called Shelter People, which is run by DJ Yamada Tatsuya. He's part of the Baker's Mood DJ crew. We heard one of their mixes on KOL Radio last year amazing little cafe bar that Yamada-san has set up. It's in the basement of a really old building in the nighttime area. 
Now, I promised to get a profile of shelter people up on Tokyo Jazz site sometime later this week. Yeah, I can't tell you how happy I was to be back on the Jazz Joint Exploration Mode. There's nothing I enjoy more on a Saturday afternoon and evening than wandering around checking out new joints or popping into some old favorites for a drink or two. Okay, one last bit of PR. Um, very happy to announce the Tokyo Jazz Joints Photo Project. I've talked about it many times here on the show. It's going to be shown at the Queen's Film Theatre in Belfast, Ireland from September 25th through October 31st. You can see many of the gorgeous photographs taken by my buddy Philip Arneal over the last six years. Uh, of course, Philip and I, we've gone all around Japan to take pictures of as many classic jazz joints as we could. We've had a lot of good exposure and exhibitions. And this one is at the Queen's Film Theatre in conjunction with the European premiere of the Jazz Kisa Basie documentary film, which is a documentary about the famous Basie Cafe in northern Japan. I wish I could be there for that. I do know that some loyal OK Jazz listeners in Belfast will be attending, so expect plenty of pictures and compliments after next weekend. Right, that's more than enough self-promotion. Even I'm sick of hearing about myself now. Let's get into the music. Uh, more new tunes, of course, today. We've got another one from that great Brandy Younger album that I introduced last episode. Now, some live music from the new release by trumpeter Jamie Branch. Uh, more classic Japanese pop from the 80s. Uh, and an all-time jazz reissue that uh, came out a couple weeks ago. And even some heavy blues tunes. We've got the usual killer mix of genres and styles. But first up, another legendary female British performer, but one who sadly, unlike Joan Armatrading, never got to continue her career as her troubles caught up to her. It's Amy Winehouse. She only released two full-length albums before passing away at the age of 27. It was Amy's birthday last week, and she would have been 38 years old. From her second album, Back to Black, let's listen to You Know I'm No Good. Okay, Jazz, episode number 131. show.
man, that's just vintage. You can call it blues, R&B, rock and roll, black American music. It doesn't really matter. Incredible Etta James. Oopoopadoo. And that's from her 1963 live album, Etta Rocks the House. If you haven't heard that whole album, just go and put it on right now. You can come back to the podcast later. You know, she doesn't just rock the house. She rips it to shreds. Etta James was someone whose early life was a real struggle with many bad men, uncaring record labels, and substance abuse issues, but thankfully she made it through and lived into her 70s. Well, there's not many vocalists who can match up with Etta James uh, in terms of power, but one who can is Howlin' Wolf, with one of the most terrifying vocals he ever recorded. I mean, he sounds dangerous on this next one. It's called Backdoor Man. And if you're not sure what the lyrics mean, it's easy to look up not only what backdoor man means, but uh, what he's talking about when he says pork and beans and eating chicken. That's certainly not a conversation suitable for work, uh, so I'm just going to leave it there. Here's Howlin' Wolf.
Nice. That's another great one from the album by harpist Brandy Younger. Her debut release, Somewhere Different, came out a couple months back, and that was a tune called Reclamation. Introduced this one on the last episode of the show. Really am enjoying this album. The playing, the arrangements, everything seems perfectly put together. Okay, up next, of course, every episode we take at least one trip to the Congo in Central Africa. Uh, especially important these days as we're celebrating the release at various film festivals worldwide. The documentary film The Rumba Kings by director Alan Brain. It's all about this music from the Congo, how it was born and how it developed from the 1950s onwards, and then conquered all of Africa and many other parts of the world. I really want to share with you all of my favorite Congolese tunes over the next few months to celebrate this film. Hopefully we're going to get a Japan release at some point down the line. Well, last week I played one of the original classics from Joseph Cabasele and Africa Jazz. They were the pioneers of Congolese rumba in the 1950s and early 60s. Well, today we're going to jump up a bit to the year 2002. It's an album project and group called Kekele. A Kekele is a kind of a vine uh, that's found along the, the river in Congo. And the group brought back together veterans of the rumba scene from the 60s and 70s for an acoustic album featuring the great Papa Noel on lead guitar. He was a veteran of the great OK Jazz Band and other members of various groups on vocals and saxophone and percussion. Well, I remember picking this CD up right before I left Japan to live in London for a couple years in 2002 to go to graduate school. And this record quickly became the soundtrack to my time there. It's simply called Rumba Congo. And what can I say? This is just one of the best albums I have in my entire collection. It's absolutely gorgeous acoustic rumba. The guitars, the lingala vocals, the brass section, and those bubbling rhythms. And I think the best track in the album is one where the band go back and they do a medley of the Joseph Kamasele and Africa Jazz hits from the 1960s, including what we heard last week, Miwela, Miwela, but also Felicite, Parafiti, and many other classic Congolese tunes. This is eight minutes of perfection, so turn it up. It's Congolese supergroup Kekele with Success Ya Grand Kale. Viva Congolese Rumba! Moi 
Para 
always a bit difficult to come up with a tune to put on after that perfect rumba from the group Kekele, but I was able to find something to not suffer in comparison. I introduced this album on episode number 125. It's called With Love, and it's by Egyptian guitarist Omar Khoshid. Now, Omar died very young at the age of 36 in 1981 in a traffic accident, uh, but in addition to his endless credits as a sideman, he recorded several albums of his own really crazy spaced out, I guess you'd call it Arab rock. Uh, truly wonderful stuff on this album. Uh, have a listen to episode 125 if you want to hear more about Omar Khoshid, where I introduce him in the record. It was a real joy to discover this music, and that tune was called Banadi Aliek from the album With Love. Let's hear from another reissue now, uh, this time from right here in Japan. It's Maverick singer Yano Akiko, who since the 1970s has recorded in a lot of different musical settings, from pop to jazz. Um, she's often compared in the music press to Kate Bush for her voice and for her sort of idiosyncratic style. Well, this tune is called Ai Suruhito, and it comes from her 1980s electropop phase, the album Ai Ga Nakuchane. This is Yano Akiko.
see other dreams all made solid, other dreams made real. All of the buildings, all of the cars were once just a dream in somebody's head. She pictures the broken glass, pictures the steam, she pictures the
Ah, I love that one. It's Mercy Street by Peter Gabriel from his album Soul, released 35 years ago in 1986. I had this on CD probably by the summer of 1987 when I was 13. Well, I didn't realize it at the time how Peter Gabriel was bringing in musicians like Jaima Correa from Brazil on percussion and Manu Kace from France on drums and, of course, Yusu Endur on guest vocals, um, really introducing a lot of people to what would be known as world music. Well, Peter Gabriel also founded a real-world record label, one of the most important ones introducing music from around the globe to many of us since the late 1980s. I'll always love Peter Gabriel, even though his last few solo albums were not very enjoyable. Oh, and there's a really long but interesting article about the album So um, up on the Pitchfork website. It gets a bit deeper into the issues of well, what exactly it meant when Western musicians like Paul Simon and Peter Gabriel were doing, uh, you know, when they were collaborating with quote-unquote world musicians, uh, you know, what that meant in the 1980s in terms of, you know, how much was cultural appropriation, etc., etc. I think it's a pretty fair article. It, it neither praises nor criticizes too much. Uh, before Peter, we heard uh, a great live tune uh, from the trumpet player Jamie Branch. And we've heard a couple of tunes from her over the years on the show. Um, her great releases on the International Anthem label in Chicago are all worth picking up. Well, that was a tune called Theme 002 from the album Fly or Die Live, which is out now. I mean, Jamie Branch has put out a lot of music in the last couple of years, all of it really interesting, as is everything coming out on International Anthem. Well, you've been listening to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 131. As always, you can see the full playlist for today's program on the KOL Radio homepage. It's kol-radio.com or at Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I am at at Mark Mr. OK Jazz Tokyo. There's also at Mark KOL Radio 1. And of course, the program page at Tokyo Jazz site, where episodes 60 through 130 are all available to stream. And you can also download the show via iTunes. So, so many ways to access the program. Don't forget, share it with some of your music-loving friends. Leave some nice comments if you can. I do love getting compliments. And if you want to mail me directly in English or Japanese, it's MrOKJazz at TokyoJazzSite.com. Time for me to get out of here. Not much on the afternoon menu on a holiday Monday afternoon, so I might just crack open a beer or two and put on some more from this great box set. I picked up a couple weeks ago. It's trumpeter Lee Morgan, and it's called The Complete Live at the Lighthouse Sessions, recorded in 1970. Well, I've got the original album of this, but this eight CD set, I mean, is every single track that Lee and the band recorded over a four night stay at the Lighthouse. This is some of the best live jazz I've ever heard, and the band is so totally in sync with each other. This slow one is a real burner featuring Benny Maupin on the bass clarinet. It's a tune called Neophilia by the Lee Morgan Quintet, live at the Lighthouse, Hermosa Beach, California, 1970. Minnesama, okikitaite, arigatou gozaimasu! Oaitewa, James Gaspar Deshita.